Amen. Thank you so much for that. So glad that we can just be still and know that He is God. Before I forget to mention, we have, um, Lord willing, we'll finish Lamentations today. And then our next series is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so if you are one of those people that really like to study ahead, I'd invite you to um, study ahead on 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. So, So that's for next week. For this week, we're still in Lamentations chapter 5. So, so let me ask you this. Are you suffering? Do you love anyone that's suffering? Because, I mean, not all of you are suffering, but all of you love someone who is suffering. And, and let's talk about why people suffer. So, people suffer because God has cursed the world because of sin. So, the Bible tells us that God created a good heavens and a good earth. And that it had good people in it, and there was flourishing. But then sin entered the world, and when sin entered the world, death entered the world. And, and God cursed the world. And so, so you, you've experienced this as true. You've experienced the world as broken when you got a diagnosis or when someone you love got a diagnosis. You've experienced the world as broken when there is an unexplainable death. You, you've experienced the world as broken in natural disasters when stuff just, just happens, seemingly like from out of the blue. And, 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 and here's, here's what you can feel like, okay? If you look at chapter 5, verse 20, we read, Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? When you go through real times of suffering, you can ask God, Why do you forget us and forsake us? Will we be forgotten and forsaken forever. So the first reason people suffer is because the world is broken. The second reason people suffer is because people sin against them. So we suffer because of other people's sin. And maybe it wasn't even necessarily against us, but because they sinned, that affects us. Their sin affects us. And I bet, I bet in a room this size, there are people here suffering because of other people's sin. I bet there are people suffering because of other people's sin. Now, depending on the sin, this can make you feel very, very small. You know, if you, get, if you suffer from neglect, how does that make you feel? If you suffer from abuse, how does that make you feel? If you suffer from bullying, what that can make you feel is like a throwaway person. Like like you got labeled on your forehead, not good enough. Reject, 
And this is really how the book of Lamentations ends. If you look at chapter 5, verse 22, there's a plea for restoration in verse 21. Then look at verse 22. Unless you have utterly rejected us. People suffer because of other people's sin. People suffer because the world is broken, and people suffer, people suffer because of their own sin. You, you can see both of these in Lamentations chapter 5. You can see the previous one there. People suffer because of other people's sin in chapter 5, verse 7. It talks about our father's sinned, and here we are suffering for it. And some of you could maybe relate to that. You, your parents' sin has trickled down into your life, even if it's just you repeating their patterns then we suffer because of our own sin. And this is true in Lamentations chapter 5, verse 16, as they confess, we did this too, and we caused our own self suffering. And, and how you can feel, like when you, when you think about the th- how you've sinned, so the things you've done, the things you've said, the things you haven't done, the things you haven't said, it can feel like you've dug yourself a ditch, or you've dug yourself a pit, you've dug yourself a grave, so deep that you can never climb out of it. You know, the, all those things you did, it's like taking a big shovel full of your own grave, and, and then you're getting further and further into it. This is, I mean, look at that last, look at how the book of Lamentations ends. Verse 22, as we talked about, you can feel utterly rejected. You can feel like a nothing. You can feel like you'll never be good enough, like, like an outcast, like a throwaway person. And then, and then we said in this next part, and you remain exceedingly angry with us. And, and so this is the question that maybe God will be angry with us forever. Because when you think about all the things you've done, all the things you've said, all the things you didn't do, all the things you didn't say, and you think about how, dig, how deep you've dug your pit, you think maybe, maybe God will be angry with me and he'll always be angry with me. Now as we read this, all of Lamentations chapter 5, what you'll hear is evidence. Evidence that that they feel like a nothing. Like, God, here's why we feel like a nothing that you'll forget forever. There's evidence of, this is why we feel like throwaway people. This is why we feel like we're rejected forever. This is why we feel like you're mad at us and you're always going to be mad at us. Listen to this, because this is evidence. And, and you may be asking yourself, okay, what's the answer to this? So if you're suffering from these questions or you know someone you love that is suffering from these questions, like, I hope this is permission to ask these things, to address these things, to actually feel these things. A lot of times we feel this stuff, but we don't want to admit that we feel it because we feel like that will get us in more trouble. Like, this is permission to feel it. Okay, so what's the answer to it? Let me pray. Before we jump in, Lord, we are your people. So, Lord, 
stand in front of me, will I stand in front of them? Speak over me, will I speak to them? Lord, soften our hearts, pull us back to you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So here we are in Lamentations chapter 5, verse 1. Remember, O Lord, remember we've said the first question that we have today is, will God forget us forever because we feel like a nothing? Will God forget us forever? Are we not worth remembering? And notice that is the last question of the book. If you are looking for question marks, the last question mark of the book is there in chapter 5, verse 20. Why do you forget us forever and why do you forsake us so many days? So remember, O Lord, this is a prayer. Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. So so what had befallen them? Those of you who have been with us for a while, Lamentations, you probably know. But if you're joining us um, for the first time or you're kind of coming back and you you didn't get to see Lamentations 1, you remember that what has happened is the people rebelled against God and rebelled against God and rebelled against God and God warned them and warned them and warned them. And remember I waved red flags and said there was lots of red flags. The people ignored them. And so God sent in the Babylonians in 587 B.C. and they laid siege to the city for 18 long, bad months and there was starving and awfulness. And then finally... The Babylonians broke the siege and broke into the city and burned everything, tore everything down, destroyed it, leveled it. There there were no human rights activists present with cameras. There were no newspaper reporters. There were no... No one was keeping watch over them to make sure human rights were observed. There was just plain cruelty and brutality on the part of the Babylonians. And so they invade in 587 BC and then, and then 97 BC and then 87 BC and then finally they go into exile in 586 BC. And so here we are. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers. Their inheritance was the land. And they're thinking about how their inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. And they're like, this is evidence that God has forgotten us, that God has forsaken us. We have become orphans, fatherless. Our mothers are like widows. We must pay the water for the water we drink. We're so desperately poor. And we don't own anything. The wood that we get must be bought. Our pursuers are at our necks. We are weary. Hey, you already know this, but when you are bone-tired, when you've been worrying about something for a very long time and you are utterly exhausted, that is when you can feel the most forgotten and forsaken by God. We are weary and we are given no rest we have given the hand to, the, to Egypt and to the Assyrians to get bread enough. Our fathers sinned and are no more. This is what we talked about, how they're suffering because of other people's sin. So they're saying, our fathers sinned. They ignored red flags and ignored red flags and ignored red flags. 
and they sinned, and they're dead, and we're still suffering. We bear their iniquities. Slaves rule over us. Like, we are the lowest of the low. There is none to deliver us from their hand. We get our bread at the peril of our lives because the sword in the wilderness. Our skin is hot as an oven with the burning heat of famine. They're probably sick from malnutrition. The women are raped in Zion, young women in the towns of Judah. And it makes them feel like throwaway people, like God has rejected them forever. Princes are hung up by their hands. There's, there's shame, like social shame and physical suffering, which makes them feel like rejected, throwaway people. No respect is shown to the elders. Young men are compelled to grind at the mill, and boys stagger under loads of wood as we are subjected to the lowest of the low service. Old men have left the city gate, which is which was their place in the Old Testament to be. The young men, their music. The joy of our hearts has ceased. Man, that's a heavy phrase. There is no joy. Our dancing has turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. For this our heart has become sick. For these things our eyes have grown dim. For the mountain, for Mount Zion, which lies desolate, jackals prowl over it. And they're wondering, will God be angry with us forever? As they look at their city, which used to be full of life, now being as empty as a graveyard. Their city, which used to be full of life and used to protect them with its walls, the walls are now broken down, and jackals, like the Assyrians or the Babylonians, run all over it. And they're wondering, is this the way it will always be? Now here, here in this next verse is something that's very... I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I know what to make of it, but it, it poses quite a question. Watch this next verse. Now ask yourself, you know, knowing, knowing that they had ignored the red flags and ignored the red flags and ignored the red flags and God had sent in the Babylonians and the Babylonians laid waste to everything. And, and, when, and as you go through Lamentations, you see them saying that behind the Babylonians stood God. Now just so you know, other places in Scripture, the Babylonians were condemned for going too far with the punishment. So it's not that the Babylonians were justified in everything they did, or that God approved of everything they did, but, but God did send them in to conquer. They just went too far with it. Watch, watch this next verse, though. Is this hopeful, or is this depressing? But you, O Lord... Reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. What do you make of that? I mean, he's just told us for 18 verses how terrible everything is for them. And then he tells us, but God is on 
the throne. Well, the fact that God is on the throne means God stands behind how much they've been suffering. But it also gives help that God, hope that God can bring that suffering to an end. So it's like this confession of, but I cling to your sovereignty. I believe that you are king and that you are in charge. Come what may. Then we see this final question of the book that we talked about earlier. Why do you forget us forever? Like you are king. We are suffering. Why do you forget us forever? And why do you forsake us for so many days? You ever felt that? It could be that you felt that and you've expressed that sometimes at church and people have been like, no, bad, God is good, be quiet, you're making me question my faith. Your, your uncomfortableness is making me uncomfortable, so be quiet. Lamentations gives us permission to uncork that stuff and face it. This is my invitation to you to face it. To ask those really hard questions. Then there's a prayer. Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. That second restored is like to be brought back. It's what Jeremiah pleaded with the people to do. Come back to God. Come back to God. Come back to God. And it is in it in it has in the idea of the prayer, like, God, only you can bring us back. Only you can restore us. That we have a problem that only you can fix. So please come and fix it. Please come and restore us to yourself. Renew our days as of old. Now, watch how terrible it ends. (laughs) Terrible and permission-giving at the same time. Watch this. Unless you have utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. And that is how the book ends. So what do you do with that? Well, the first thing is I hope, and I've said this a couple times, and I'm going to say it one more time, unless I say it again. And that is that Lamentations gives you permission to ask the really hard questions, the kind of questions that makes other people really uncomfortable, the kind of questions other people don't want you asking because they don't know the answers. It gives you permission to ask those questions. And Lamentations ends open-ended because a lot of times life is open-ended but here's the thing lamentations gives us permission to ask the questions that jesus came to answer 
So if Lamentations asks, Lord, will you forget us forever? Am I a nothing to you? Jesus came to answer that question. And he came to answer that question to fulfill passages like Isaiah 49. Can I read that to you? Isaiah 49 is about the good news that God is going to come and restore Israel. And Israel is saying, I just don't think that's true. And so Lady Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Does that sound familiar at all to you? Have you seen that any place before? This is a passage in the Bible about Jesus that answers the questions that Lamentations raises. Am I a nothing that will always be forgotten? And this is what Israel is crying. Am I a nothing that you will always forget me? I'm pretty sure I am. And how does God answer them? Can a woman forget her nursing child? Like, imagine that. Imagine a a mom nursing her baby. Can a woman forget her nursing child? That she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Like, can she? Is that possible that she would not have compassion? Is Is it even possible? He says, well, maybe she can. That's more likely then God forgetting you. Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. You are not a nothing to me. I will not forget you. All of your circumstances you might be able to cite as evidence that you are a nothing that is forgotten about. And God is saying, that is simply not true. I remember you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. And your walls are ever before me. God's saying, I hate what you're going through more than you do. You cite this as evidence that you are nothing, that I have forgotten about you, but I see it, and I see it all day long, and it bothers me all day long. God's like, look at my hands. Your names are engraved there with an ugly Roman spike. You may feel like a nothing that's forgotten. But your names, here's the truth. Here's what's the most true about you. Your name is engraven on my hand, so I will not forget you. In fact, in fact, what did Jesus cry out when he was on the cross? Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He has not forgotten you. In fact, he volunteered to be forsaken for you. God remembers you. He remembers you.
Lamentations asks the questions that Jesus came to answer. You see in verse, chapter 5, verse 20, why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us so many days? And, and the answer is that he remembers us. That he was forsaken for us because he remembered us all the way to the cross. To have our names engraved on his hands with ugly Roman spikes. But that's not the only question that the book ends with. I mean, you guys remember from 522, it's unless you have utterly rejected us. Like, unless we are just rejects that need to be thrown away. Unless we're throwaway people. Unless we're not good enough. You remember Isaiah 49 says, your walls are continually before me. And you remember that the book of Nehemiah is about God remembering his people and sending Nehemiah back to them to rebuild their walls. That God did restore his people. That a remnant did go back. They did live in the land. And God himself ended up coming and walking among them and dying on the cross for them. And before he did that, in the person of Jesus, he made a disciple by the name of Peter. And Peter wrote to his church, and he wrote this, And after you have suffered a little while. He's like, here's what I need you to know is true when you're suffering. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace... Who has called you to his eternal glory? You may, feel, you may feel like a throwaway person. You may feel like a reject. You may feel like a nothing. But he's like, here's what you need to remember. The God of all grace has called you. Where has he called you? In Christ Jesus. He's called you to be part of himself. He's called you home. He's called you to be part of his body that is the church. And this is restoring you. So he says, look, the God of all grace, who, who knows your name and called you by name, he picked you. He chose you. He called you by name. He called you to be part of him. That is your restoration. You are not rejected. You are restored because you are in Christ Jesus. And so finish the verse with me. Will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. He picked you. He's strengthening you. He's establishing you. As part of his church, as part of himself. So look, I mean, this is answering our, the question, am I a nothing that God has forgotten? No, he has called you. He remembers you. Your names are engraved on his hand. Your problems are ever before him. He remembers you. Am I a reject? Am I, am I a throwaway person? No, he has called you by name. Because of his grace into Christ Jesus and he is restoring you as part of his body. But, but some of us are going, 
I don't know, man. If you knew the stuff I've done, I, just, I don't think that applies to me. If, if you knew the stuff I'd said, I, I, I just don't think you'd, I just don't think it applies to me. I think the hole I've dug is, is too deep. Let me tell you, it is too deep for you to climb out of. It is too deep for you to undo. But what we've said all along is God remembers. He remembers. What we've said all along is God restores. And let me tell you, God forgets. He forgets. Isaiah chapter 43 tells us that God forgets. Jeremiah verse 31 tells us that God forgets. And, and you, that doesn't sound like good news at first, but it is good news because you have to remember what he forgets. Well, let me read it to you from Hebrews chapter 10. I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. The hole you've dug is too big for you to dig yourself out of with God. But the good news is, He came and died for your sins to forgive you. That He came and joined you in the pit to pull you out of the pit. That he came and bore the penalty for your sins that you could never pay. So what should we do? Well, um, I think where I'd like to start is to come back to an analogy we used like the first couple weeks of Dark Clouds, Eat Mercy, that we've kind of had to you can't talk about everything every week just because there isn't time. But I think it'd be good to, to rethink about this. You know, if, if um, this is what a good relationship looks like, um, you know, two people facing each other, if this is what a good relationship looks like, what can happen when you go through long times of dark, terrible suffering where you feel like a nothing that is forgotten, or where you feel like um, a throwaway person, where you feel like someone who's done too much to ever be forgiven, or you, you're trying so hard to dig yourself out of the pit, what can happen is that you get turned around in your relationship with God, and you start looking other places for significance, other places for meaning, other places for purpose, other people to tell you that you are enough or that you are okay. And you can really get turned around. You can also really let bitterness grow in your soul. So what should we do? Well, we should turn to the Lord. The first step is to say, this, this will not heal the relationship. 
Me giving God the silent treatment, me running away from God, will not heal the relationship. This is not the long-term answer that I'm looking for. The first step is to turn to God. Now, you may have to look past some of the circumstances that, that are working against you, that are telling you you are unloved or unwanted, but what you have to believe is that God is turning to you, calling you, like we saw in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. He is calling you. He is turned to you, calling you. So the first step is to turn to the Lord. The second step is to tell him what's wrong. The second step is to tell him how you're hurting and why you're hurting. Like, if that's not the book of Lamentations, I don't know what is. Lamentations has, it's the poet kind of saying what's wrong over and over and over and over in a lot of different ways, saying, here's what's wrong. Five chapters worth. The reason you need to do that is so that it doesn't become malignant in your soul. The reason you need to do that is so that it, the pain or the bitterness doesn't get infected in your soul. So you need to say what's wrong. You know, this is one of the reasons we gave you the three reasons we suffer. Is what's wrong just because the world is broken? Is that why you're suffering? Is why you're suffering because of other people's sin? Or is why you're suffering because of your own sin? Or because of some toxic combination thereof? But turn to the Lord and say what's wrong. Then, ask. Ask for help. This is, this is what you see the poet in Lamentations doing when he says... Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. So, Lord, please come and help. Ask the Lord for strength when you're at the end of your strength. Ask the Lord for wisdom when you don't know what to do. Ask the Lord for endurance when you're out of endurance. Ask the Lord for help. But I just... I just have this burden, like, like carrying around a weight, um, like dragging something heavy around with me. That, that we not go all the way through this series, and some of you, like, like uh, it can't be, it can't be between all the people in this room and the people watching online. Somebody, somebody has to get saved. I would just plead with you. Ask the Lord for the forgiveness of sins. The hole is too deep. The hole is too deep. You feel that way for a reason. It's too deep. But he came. He came to die for your sins. Ask him for the forgiveness of sins. 
The Bible says that when we do that, it is like having a terrible stain washed away. The Bible says that when we do that, it is like having a monstrous debt forgiven. The Bible says that when we do that, it is like being healed from a debilitating disease. The Bible says that when we do that, it is like being raised to newness of life. Just please, please get saved. Please be saved from the wrath of God. So to those of you that because of the pain of life, whether it's just the brokenness of life or the other people sinning against you or your own sin, you've gotten turned around and turned away from God, I'd invite you back to turn back towards God or turn towards God for the first time, to tell God what's wrong, to ask him to save you from your sins, to confess your bitterness or your anger towards him and to trust that he's been waiting for you to pray this prayer for so long that he would love to answer this prayer that he'd love to say yes to you that he'd love to restore you that he'd love to forgive your sin. I tell you, I don't want to, I'm not one for wasting time. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of manic about time management. My sons, I think, would confess to that for me. Uh, but I really feel like if we go all the way through this dark clouds, deep mercy thing, and there are still people like sitting here going, I am not going to talk to God because of what he let me go through. And man, what have we been doing? Turn to the Lord. This is what you want. This is why you're here. Turn to the Lord. Tell him what's wrong. Let that pain grow you and establish you and strengthen you as you find his grace to be sufficient for you. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time we could spend in your word. Lord, pull us towards yourself. Lord, Heal our, heal our hurts and forgive our sins. Pull us towards yourself. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.